Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson, and it's so great to have you here with us on this Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. Super excited to talk about the Duke football victory this past weekend, a 42-7 win for our Duke Blue Devils. We'll discuss it on today's show with my good pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Also make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch the show daily. Without further ado, let's bring on my good friend Josh Cox who joins us here on the program, and it's a pretty good feeling anytime you're recapping a victory, Josh, 2-0 now on the season. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it was one of those um, workmanly games where you knew you had to come in and just take care of business if you were Duke, and uh, and you definitely love sitting here 2-0 and after that major win against Clemson coming out five days later, and Duke did what they needed to do to get that 42-7 to win at Wallace Wade. Yeah, how about the short turnaround? Like, that was something that uh, we didn't discuss as much uh, going throughout last week, but it totally threw off the schedule. Right now, as we move forward in this week, it's going to feel like more of that normal game schedule uh, with off days, with press conferences on days that they're supposed to be and whatnot. But when you play on Monday and the next thing you know, you got to turn around and play on Saturday, it just throws off everything. I, I still think they're recovering this week uh, from that, really. Um, and so I believe those guys, you know, obviously didn't get the rest they probably needed uh, during that <clears throat> that week. It probably took them a day, a day and a half to come down off of that high uh, from that Clemson victory and then try to get refocused. And so you saw it in the first quarter, first quarter and a half on this past Saturday. It seemed like the defense was a step slow um, and, you know, just didn't get out to that fast start. Uh, like you wanted to see, uh, but at the end, of the, but at the end of the day, listen, if that's what it takes to, you know, you beat the Clemson team, and then that's the result of it. That's okay. The schedule worked out perfectly. This was our opponent this past Saturday, and so a lot of things happened good. A lot of people got to play. A lot of guys did get to rest uh, some throughout that game, and then and Duke still came out forty-two to seven victors. There's certainly a conversation piece that, you know, Duke does make the football schedule that they play in outside of the ACC games and when they're going to be played on the schedule and whatnot. But the players are not a part of those conversations in any way, shape, or form. So credit to them for figuring out a way, even when they might not have been uh, as energized or probably fair to say as motivated when you're not taking on a top 10 team to still come out and play the way they did for the defense to put together that type of performance. Last week, we were trying to temper expectations and letting people know, hey, allowing the opponent to score seven points is not going to be the norm as you progress throughout a football season. And here we are, two straight games, just seven points each time. So uh, credit to the defense for keeping that average the same. I mean, in- incredible, really. If, if you look at it as, as a whole, uh, you know, two games, uh, number nine team in the country, uh, and, then, and then you have a much kind of lesser talented opponent. But at the end of the day, only averaging seven points given up in the first two games. Uh, the Duke defense really has been a little bit of a bend-don't-break, even in both of those games. But at the end of the day, it's like Coach Elko said, the purpose is for them not to score. So however you make that happen is great. The purpose is for them not to put points on the board. And so Duke defense has done that. And, you know, this this past Saturday, Duke was 
overpowering. They were much, much bigger, stronger, and faster. And so that really helped. Um, but hey, credit to Lafayette. I mean, their quarterback, who had only thrown for 40 yards the previous Saturday against Sacred Heart, had some incredible throws. We were, we were joking on our podcast uh, that released today. Um, I mean, there were some throws where he looked like Pat Mahomes Jr., man. He was like running to his right, throwing back to his left, finding these tiny pockets and windows that were open. Um, and so, you know, they played well. They also came out with a good game plan, J.J., that from the very get-go, the first drive that, that Lafayette had, uh, they ran the play clock all the way down to one to one second. They did that every play, uh, just trying to slow the game down a little bit. And it worked. It worked. But at the end of the day, like you said, the Duke defense showed up, only allowed seven points for the second straight week. And we'll see how that looks heading into Northwestern this weekend for sure. I can't even remember who the Duke defender was at this point. might have been Jalen Stinson. But they even had a running back who went airborne trying to jump over uh, a Duke defender. So, yeah, they did not appear to be scared whatsoever when you're trying to make plays like that. Yeah, that was that was Jalen Stinson, and okay. I, I mean, we, I was imp- honestly, I was impressed with the quarterback. I was impressed with the running back um, for for being, you know, um, a team that really, you know, hasn't been that good even in that uh, FCS level. Um, those two guys were were good, and that running back had very good vision. Obviously, some athleticism there, hopping over a defender, uh, you know. So it was good. It was, I mean, it was good. It was a good game. Like I said, Duke knew uh, what they had to do to get the win, and they only gave up seven points doing it. They scored 42 points, and we'll talk a little bit about that offensive performance for the Duke Blue Devils after we take our first timeout coming up here today on this episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. This is absolutely the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and so much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images on your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. You mentioned your podcast releasing today. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, Section 17 podcast. If you're a Duke football fan, we release weekly episodes, uh, deep diving the previous game uh, results, and then looking ahead uh, to the, uh, the game coming up this weekend. And so we sat down with Dave Innett, the play-by-play guy from Northwestern uh, this week. Taught a little Northwestern football. They're one and one coming into Saturday, which I'm sure we'll get to here in a second. Um, but we did that. DukeFootballTalk.com is our website. And then uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Section 17 podcast, we're also on YouTube. And so if you're a, if you're a watcher more than a listener, uh, find us there. Subscribe. As JJ would say for this channel as well, subscribe, like, comment, 
five-star ratings and reviews on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. So we appreciate the support uh, as we try to really, honestly, our, our heart and our goal is to help push the Duke football program specifically uh, where it needs to be. And so we're trying to do our best to help. How's your energy right now? We, we mentioned the Duke football defense, yeah. and you guys are having to gear up for three straight games there inside sections. No road games yet for this Duke no. team. How's your energy? You know, I'm not going to lie. We laughed about it because uh, the, the Clemson game was a Monday night, obviously. We all took to that Tuesday off work just to recover because <laughs> we knew no matter what happened. And so I think I got to bed at 2.30, 2.45 uh, in the morning, uh, that morning. And so it's funny because we have our social media calendar. You understand this, JJ, we have our kind of our social media, like what we typically do on certain days. And because of the short week, all of that was messed up. We're like, we don't know when we're releasing this. We don't know when we're posting this article. We don't know when we're going to ask for this, you know, score prediction. So we were all out of whack, man. So we are, we are just now, you know, we're looking forward to this Saturday. It's a three thirty game, not too early, not too late. It's a good middle of the day. And so uh, this should be a good one. And then obviously uh, next weekend we'll be watching uh, on TV because Duke goes to UConn. And so we are not making that road trip. Yeah, that's a long way to go. So Northwestern, the opponent this upcoming Saturday for Duke. We'll get to them in just a moment. We got to talk about the offense, though. 42 points for Duke, obviously more than they scored in that opener against Clemson. We got to see Henry Beal in the fourth play at the end of the game. So backup quarterback getting some reps there for Duke. But before I get into any of that, let's start once again with QB1. Riley Leonard sets the tone each and every game for Duke. How well did he did that this past Saturday? Yeah, I mean, once again, it's another solid performance from Riley Leonard. Um, Duke is one of seven teams in college football who have not given up a sack so far this season. So shout out to that offensive line anchored by Jacob Monk and Graham Barton. Uh, we know that, but we also understand that Riley – uh, really is uh, seems to have just a acute pro- uh, pocket presence. Like he knows when to get rid of that football. He knows when to tuck it and run and get two or three yards instead of taking the sack or instead of throwing it away. Um, you know, you you probably you've probably seen it by now. Uh, but Riley was twelve for twelve uh, throwing the football. Henry was eight for eight throwing the football. A twenty for twenty perfect game from the quarterbacks. Uh, there was a clocking. Uh, play and I, I learned this this week. Uh, if you clock the ball, uh, intentionally ground it, um, you do not get that uh, incompletion credited to your personal stats. It's a team stat, and so Duke did do that one time. Uh, but other than that, you know, twenty for twenty for those quarterbacks. But Riley Leonard, once again, you know his numbers were not gaudy uh, per se, but he's doing exactly what he needs to do to win these football games. And at the end of the day, if you know Riley Leonard, if you've seen any interviews with Riley Leonard, you know it's not about his stats and his numbers. For him, it's all about, did you put the team in a position to win? And he did do that. He took a little bit of a hit in the game. Seemed like something with his left arm. Um, uh, I've I've seen some people say maybe he got stepped on and cleated, uh, which that can hurt pretty bad. Um, But, you know, Henry came in. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe it was because, you know, uh, Riley was hurt per se, but Henry did come in uh, with, with some skin still left in the game. He was playing with the ones. Samir was still out there. Jordan Moore was still out there. Nikki Dalmolin's still out there. And so Henry was able to play with the ones. And once again, he looked really, really good. Well, as we talked about, it might not have been about the stats for Riley Leonard this past week, but as Jordan Mann was talking about with us on last week's show after the Clemson game, it is absolutely about the stats 
for us fans when yep. you have games against those type of opponents. So for Riley, again, great game against Clemson, but the completion percentage is not where you want it to be. 12 for 12? Like, we're helping that long-term uh, with that average going up for sure. So well done, Riley. Yeah, for uh, yeah, for sure. And, and at the end of the day, he's such a threat, right? I mean, he's such a threat. He can he can move. There were a couple of plays where it looked like he was going to get bottled up, either right at the line of scrimmage or after like a one yard gain. And man, he's so shifty. He can get around, you know, guys. And um, you know, I just can't say enough about his skill set. I think you're starting to see for sure uh, the the eyes of scouts and people that look at the next level and, and the way it's a person's game would transition to the next level. And I think they, they like what they're seeing from 13 uh, in that Duke uniform. Yeah. Keep it up because we're, we're liking what we're seeing so far and hopefully Riley can continue this good stretch before Duke gets back into a conference play here in a few weeks. So the wide receivers were something that we talked about on uh, the, the Clemson game. Uh, haven't mentioned their performance as much here today, but both, Jalen Calhoun and Jordan Moore find the end zone. What else did you make of their performance? Well, yeah, I thought it was good for for Riley to kind of build Jalen's confidence back up. You know, Jalen had a little bit of a struggle in that Clemson game. He some false starts and the punt uh, situation and stuff like that. And I felt like he, he was a little bit down on himself. Um, and you could just see it in his body language a little bit. And so I yeah. love the fact that Riley wanted to get him uh, involved early in that game. And then – Hey, listen, we have to say something about the connection that it seems like Henry Beelan has with Jordan Moore. Uh, you know, shout out to Kevin Johns for bringing Henry into the game and not just turn around and hand the ball off, but letting Henry throw the ball eight times. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he seemed to favor uh, Jordan Moore when Jordan was on the field. And uh, that's a good thing. And so shout out to those guys. Almost had a long touchdown there. And then uh, a couple of, you know, uh, Jake Taylor was a, a tight end. Uh, that had kind of been buried on the depth chart a little bit on the tight end position. Uh, Coach Elko mentioned his presser earlier this week. They've moved him to wide receiver. So he's now going to be a big, tall 6'5 wide receiver. He made a catch. Um, and so, yeah, it was good to see that that room. John Davis Robertson, Malik Bowen Sims, those types of guys. Makai Wall uh, had got in the game early. Um, and so that, that was good as well. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to build your depth. And you never know. And uh, in, in what situation you're going to find yourself where John Tavis Robertson, Malik Bowen Sims, Makai Wall, who kind of are that second tier where they're going to be called upon a big third down, a uh, big fourth down or whatever it may be. And so it's great to get those guys reps. Super exciting to see the reps that they were able to get to your point and uh, build off of this in the games and weeks to come running the football. I thought Duke did a really nice job in that department as well. Of course, Jordan Waters, continuing to set the tone each and every week. And Jacquez Moore, uh, a player who we're going to be talking about a whole lot this season uh, with another big-time performance too. Yeah, uh, first time in Jordan Waters' uh, career, he went over 100 yards rushing uh, in his, uh, in one game. And so shout-out to him, two touchdowns uh, for Jordan. And then Jacquez, they, you know, Jordan Waters is the kind of guy that if he sees a DB, he's just hunting him. And he wants to, he wants to run him over, right? Jacquez is the kind of guy that like he sees a DB and he's going to get around him. So those are there are two different types of runners, uh, but I think they really do complement one another well. I think it's going to be interesting to see as the season progresses if one of them kind of you know kind of uh, numbers start to progress even more. I mean Jordan Waters is already I believe he's within 300 yards of his complete uh, total from last season already. 
And so uh, these guys are doing really well. We've yet to see Jalen Coleman, who was out for a second straight week with an undisclosed injury. Uh, Coach Elko mentioned that he hopes to see Jalen on the field this Saturday against Northwestern. We'll see true freshman Peyton Jones got quite a bit of uh, snaps. Um, and so he's the future. We all know that. Coach Elko has been very clear. He's not redshirting him this year. He's going to play him. He's that good. And so, yeah, that running back room, we knew it was deep, right? We've talked about how deep it was all through the, the preseason, and we got to see it uh, in display on display this past Saturday. What else will we get to see on display this upcoming Saturday when Duke yeah. gets ready to take on Northwestern? They've got an opportunity to improve to 3-0 and on the young season. Let's talk a little bit about the game plan against Northwestern and what else we might see after our final timeout here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Lockdown Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the absolute best. It's the number one sports book in America. And you can get ready for the rest of this NFL season with all of their incredible offers. New customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer that you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Final few moments here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks Section 17 podcast. Let's get to it, my friend. Northwestern coming to town. We, uh, it's fun. You think about non-conference games for Duke programs, right? And basketball, we're always thinking about those games against St. John's, it feels like, Josh. And we've been on a run where we're always talking about Duke football games here against Northwestern, and we've got another one coming up on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I believe one more season of this uh, uh, of this current contract with Northwestern, so we'll be in Evanston next season. Uh, but yeah, they've been a familiar foe for Duke, and and honestly, uh, recently here Duke's been successful um, against this Wildcat program. Obviously, everyone knows by now uh, what's taken place over the last two or three months with uh, Coach Fitzgerald being removed from his position, uh, and then interim Coach Braun is 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 in there now. I did not realize this. He was just hired as their defensive coordinator in the spring. And so he's not even – this is his first go-around period, like, sure. with Northwestern. So, uh, you know, kudos to that guy. I mean, for being a young guy, he's still the defensive coordinator, and he's the interim head coach, and it's his first time doing that. So, uh, shout-out to him. But, yeah, Duke, Duke will host Northwestern. Northwestern started their season uh, disappointing, uh, losing 28-7 to to Rutgers. I uh, didn't really know what to think about that game. You don't really know what to think about the first week or two, right? You're not sure who's good and who's not good. Uh, they do bounce back uh, this past week. Uh, home game, they beat UTEP 38-7. to It was their first win since the beginning of last season. And so you never know. You never know. They Duke is favored by you know a large margin. It started at 18.5. I think it bumped all the way to 20 at one point. It's back down to 18.5 or 17.5, something like that. Uh, I think that's a little, a little much. I, I, I'm thinking that line might need to be more like 13 and a half um, at the end of the day because this team, Northwestern team, g- gained confidence last week. And so, 
what I do think, JJ, what I do think we're going to see from Duke this week, it's first two opponents while on the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, you had to make a unique game plan Yeah, for both of those teams. So with Clemson, you're not going to throw the ball down the field much, right? Because the athleticism of their defense, the way that their defensive line can get to the quarterback, you're really going to get the ball out of Riley's hand quickly. And we saw that. I mean, we saw him throwing the ball away some. Uh, we saw him, you know, doing a lot of quick, you know, outs and quick slants to receivers. Right. Then the second game, you know, you're going to physically dominate. And so, you know, you're going to come out and run that football. And honestly, once you get a 14, 21 point lead, you're probably not going to air rate it and, and, you know, and go over the top uh, with Riley, you know, trying to hit a guy like Jordan uh, Moore or Samir, someone like that. I do think this is the first game where you're going to see what Kevin Johns really wants from this offense. Uh, you're going to see Riley. I believe you're going to see Riley unloaded a little bit. You're going to let see him throwing the ball down the field a little bit more. Uh, it's a more comparable opponent for Duke. And I'm actually really looking forward to it. Cause like I said, I don't feel like we really have seen the, the real Duke offense in week one or week two for completely different reasons. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what it's really going to look like. Yeah, I can't wait. A- another chance to see the Duke team play at home uh, before, again, closing out the non-conference play by going up to uh, uh, UConn in the weeks to come. So uh, going to be a whole lot of fun to see that matchup for Duke taking on Northwestern. I feel optimistic about what they're going to be able to do. And, uh, yeah, I want to see more from the passing game. That's still something that I want to have more and more confidence each and every week. And not that we don't in the quarterback, Riley Leonard and himself, but it's just it goes beyond the quarterback play from the offensive line to receivers getting open and making plays. Like we're running the football quite well uh, if you're watching this Duke team so far this season. So uh, let, let's see what this passing game is able to do, man. You know, and ideally you're, you're the nail on the head, JJ. Ideally, because the run game is so potent, it should really open up that play action uh, pass. Right. You know, should be able to draw safety down suck the linebackers in and be able to use crossing routes, all, all those different things. I'm not Kevin Johns uh, by any means, but uh, you know, in theory, the, the success of the run game should set up the success of the passing game. And so I think we're going to see it, Jade. I really do. I think we're going to see uh, a lot more vertical uh, passing from, from Duke this weekend. Um, and I think these next two weeks, uh, not only the Northwestern game, but looking ahead, as you mentioned, UConn, Duke's going to get into that, into their rhythm on offense. And then, you know, what's around the corner after that, it's the home game hosting Notre Dame. And if not, not to, I know speaking things into the universe can be, can be, can be bad, but if let's, I'm going to say this, if Duke just does what Duke is supposed to do, Duke should be four and O heading into a home matchup with Notre Dame. And that would be, it will be an incredible (laughs) atmosphere. It will be, I will. I believe it will be even more incredible of an atmosphere than Clemson was. So super exciting. Hopefully yeah, that yeah, for sure. But but Duke's got to take care of Northwestern, and Duke yep. cannot overlook Northwestern, and Duke cannot say, "Okay, this team has only got one win in the last twelve months." Duke's got to understand that one win came last week, right? And and this team, you know, they have an interim head coach, but you know this as well. Oftentimes, teams rally around those interim head coaches, and they they uh, we mentioned we saw it last year at Georgia Tech. Yep. Georgia Tech got rid of their coach, interim head coach, and they beat us. And so, yeah. um, you know, Duke Duke cannot overlook this team. Duke cannot overlook UConn. But I'm not a player. I'm not a coach. I can also look 
in that two week window. <laughs> and I can say, man, if we do what we're supposed to do, yeah, that Notre Dame matchup is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. It's a little easier for us to look ahead. That's for sure. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, give me one more plug for the podcast, Josh. Well, uh, well number one, uh, we really appreciate JJ. You having uh, me on uh, pretty much every week. Um, really do. I enjoy coming and talking this. You know, I will personally talk basketball with JJ during basketball <laughs> season. Uh, but Section 17 podcast, as of right now, uh, as of right now, is fully football. You know, and people ask us all the time, like, hey, what about basketball? All of us are Duke basketball fans, but we cover Duke football, period. And so uh, Section 17 podcast is really it was just born out of guys who uh, semi-understand football, realized there was really no one talking about Duke football on the podcast scene and decided to do that. And we didn't know how we were going to meet JJ, the way this, the origin of this, we're like, how are we going to get together every week and like record a podcast? And there was this weird thing called zoom that we didn't (laughs) know about. And uh, COVID hits in 2020 and uh, April of 2020 was our first episode. We quickly discovered zoom and how easy it was. And we've been going ever since. So we're media credentialed. We'll have someone on the field, uh, every game, getting photos, getting social media content. Um, and then we do articles and podcasts and interviews and all that good stuff. So, yeah, if you like Duke football, um, look us up, dukefootballtalk.com. Go check it out. That's for sure. Well, Josh, thank you for the time today. We'll talk again soon, okay? JJ, have a good week, man. We'll see you later. All right, that's Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 Podcast joining us on the show today. And that's going to do it for another episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. Another win for our Duke team going into the season. We're back throughout the rest of the week talking more Duke football. And, of course, Duke men's basketball comes back in the conversation as well. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.